Hello and welcome to the Creative Champs podcast. I'm your host, Kime, and I'm here to help you on your creative journeys through the Creative Champs platform. Now, this episode is all about protecting your digital art online, whether that's if you're sending work to a client or displaying work online through a portfolio or social media platforms. Now, it's important to note that in the UK, anytime you create artwork that's original, you are automatically granted copyright. Now, it can be very helpful to also register for a copyright certificate, although this isn't always necessary, but it can add weight, especially if you find yourself in a situation that's ended up in court, right? It can add weight and it can make things easier to attribute to you directly. But we'll get into that a little bit later. So the first thing before you enter any sort of client project where you're creating visual assets or digital artwork is you need to clearly, and I always say this, you need to clearly stipulate these exact terms in your contract. And the terms you need to stipulate, first of all, fair use, okay? So what exactly are they permitted to use the artwork for? You need to get that very clear. If they say they want to use it on their websites or they want to use it within their creative assets or their whatever it is, marketing material, get clear on that, put that in the contract. So first of all, they won't be able to try and use the artwork for any other purpose. And also they won't be able to pass it on to anyone else. They'll only be able to use it for the purposes outlined and also used by the people outlined in the contract, right? That's number one. And another thing that you want to clearly stipulate is the fact that if final payment is not received, they are not permitted to use the artwork. Now, this is where some some designers or some uh, freelance creative service providers may find themselves in a bit of a sticky because, I mean, I've done it. I've done it in the past. I have sent artwork across in quite a usable way. And um, what's happened is, is they've just, they just right-clicked, they just downloaded the image they didn't pay the remaining balance because they didn't have to because they already had full access. You know, there was a little watermark on there, but they were able to remove that. That's a, (laughs) that's a whole other thing. But if you clearly outline in the contract that, yo, you cannot, you cannot take any artwork, you cannot remove any watermark, you cannot use any of the artwork provided unless you have paid any outstanding fees to do so, um, then this will also help you uh, in terms of if, you you know, if this does end up in a situation where you find yourself in, in a freaking courtroom or some other sort of legal situation, this will make it easier for you to claim for damages because this proves that the client was aware that they're not supposed to do this Uh, And they they went ahead and did it anyway. They didn't respect the terms of the agreement. All right. So if you have those terms in the agreement and then they go ahead and do those things anyway, then this will give you more weight. Okay. now watermark removal. There are a ton of websites and apps and Facebook groups designed to do this. So does this mean that you should stop using watermarks? No, no, it doesn't, because it's still, where it's still possible to remove the watermarks, it does add an extra layer of weight. If you combine 
the use of watermarks with the other uh, tips that I'm going to provide. It's going to make it 10 times harder for your artwork to be resold or used without permission or without being paid for, right? So I would always encourage to still use watermarks. Um, what I would suggest as well is when you're using watermarks, if you tile it, and by tiling, I mean if you cover the entirety, <laughs> because before I used to say, oh, like 60% or whatever, I guess you could still... But I think it's a lot more effective to tile it across, which is where, you know, when you see writing, that's sort of like um, semi-faded. So it's got a an opacity of like maybe 50%, right? And then they diagonally put it all over the entire image. That's what tiling is. You're, you're tiling it over and over again. In um, You could upload it as squares, as a pattern across the image, basically, of your watermark. So that's one thing you can do. Obviously ensuring that they can still see what's underneath, especially if they're required to give their proof of approval, but so much so that it's gonna be a little bit more difficult for them to remove any watermark. Now, this alone isn't gonna be enough. So the next step you can take is to offer a low resolution image. So a 72 DPI image, because you can't, you can't scale this up and print it out onto large formats because it will be blurry as hell. Yeah, it will be very pixelated. Uh, they won't be able to use it. And if they do use it, it will be terrible quality and it will be very evident that they've stolen it and that they haven't retrieved it from source in the proper way. So, I mean, if they want to uh, start their own funeral, then by all means, but um, you're not going to make it easy for them to do that. So if you combine the use of tiling watermarks along with low resolution DPI, that is a very uh, good option. And also whenever you're uploading your artwork to like Instagram or Twitter or I mean, with Instagram and such, they reduce the quality anyway. So that's not too much of a problem. But if you, um, in the first instance, don't upload full HQ versions of your artwork. If you if you avoid that at all costs, that will help you because again, this is another way that thieves are able to steal artwork. They can just download, you know them um, Instagram downloading apps where you can click on a post and then download the, the photos that's there. Yeah, if you, that's what a lot of people do. So it's not a case of, you know, screenshotting or whatever. Some people are able to just download the file at source from your Instagram page. So if they're going to do that, make sure that the um, image is low resolution um, and that you're not uploading the full high quality version. Another option is cropping images. So not displaying your image edge to edge. Uh, and offering zoomed in options as well. And as Elizabeth Rachel um, suggested, she what she actually does is she crops her patterns and she sort of rotates them a little bit. Um, and as, <laughs> this is a very effective way to do it, especially if you're producing patterns, because in order for patterns to flow, they have to be seamless, right? And they have to be repeated. Now, if part of the image is missing, it's not gonna be possible to do that. It's not gonna be possible to tile the pattern across yards of fabric. So that is a very good, uh, very good suggestion. And also congratulations to Elizabeth Rachel uh, on the birth of her son, Leo. Uh, it's always a nice little um, thing to see on your timeline when someone has a baby. So congratulations to you and your family. Um, 
Another option is metadata. So metadata is, you know, when you right click on an image or you download an image or something, or you download a file and then it comes with all these little giblets about the date, the artist who created it or the author who created it, the source of the file, uh, the size of the file, the content, all of that sort of stuff. Those are, that's a, that's an example of metadata. With photography, there's something called EXIF, E-X-I-F data, which works similarly, but with EXIF data, it's specifically for images and photography. And this will include like the aperture, the shutter speed, the ISO, like specific details of the camera used um, and the details of the image that's been uploaded. Metadata is the same sort of information, but for files, okay? So metadata is what you would include if you are uploading files or digital artwork or um, could be writing, music, that sort of thing. And I would honestly take the time to fill out as much information as you possibly can. And again, yes, metadata is something that can be stripped, But again, like I say, if you use all of these steps in combination with each other, it makes it a lot harder for these sorts of things to happen. And there are some platforms that automatically just strip metadata from your work as soon as you upload it. It's just the, you know, the way that the the systems are run and some of them find it very difficult to handle the uploading of images along with all the metadata as well. So they just strip it away. Um, So that's another way that people can actually gain access to your images without that metadata being attached. But in most cases, especially if you're, oh, and that's another thing, especially if you're uploading um, images to your websites, please for the love of all things great and good do not upload the full hq version of your images please and you know what this is another thing that i used to do you know like when you click on an image on a portfolio and then it will open up full screen you know full quality because i used to tell myself well i want them to see it full quality to see that it is hq um and to see that it is a qualitative piece um i want them to be able to zoom in on the details and all that sort of stuff it's not going to be helpful it's not going to be helpful to you it's going to be helpful to the people who are trying to steal your shit because they're going to have full access to the HQ version of your work and they're going to be able to put it on posters. They're going to be able to resell it. Somebody actually did that with one of my art pieces. They right clicked that thing, they saved it and then they printed it onto their flyers. They printed it onto their flyers uh, um, for their, I don't know what it, I think it was like some party or something that brunch or some shit. And they had the cheek to tag me in it. And I was like, does this person just not have any sense? I mean, I'm glad they did tag me in it because I was able to tell them to take it down. But um, yeah, (laughs) that's what can happen very easily if you are uploading 300 DPI or 150 DPI even images of your artwork with watermark or not. Okay, so I'm just adding this in um, as an addition. Uh, this is another tip that I, I forgot to mention, but you can also disable right-clicking on your websites. 
WordPress has a function for this. You might have to check with other website hosting providers, but there are ways that you can disable right-clicking, which is also a very helpful way to prevent people from right-clicking and saving your images because then they have to resort to screenshotting instead. The quality isn't gonna be anywhere near as good as if they were able to right-click. So I just wanted to throw this one in there and let's go back to the original recording. So even if you put your watermark on it, yeah, that, and you upload the full quality uh, version or high res version, this is still leaving your work vulnerable to uh, theft. Because as I said, watermark alone isn't enough because you can easily remove it. Especially with the advancement of technology as it is today, there are a lot of things that can be done. So you need to add all of these extra layers of protection. Another bit I wanted to add in is that in order to find out whether your work has been stolen, you can do reverse image searches. There are resources like TinEye. And even if you put the image on Google itself, if you click the camera icon, you can upload your images and see where else the image is present. There are ways that you can check that. And also if you go ahead and you click on the source, it will lead you exactly to where, where your work is present. Um, and then you can decipher whether or not, you know, it's something that is um, permitted or permissible uh, for use. The following part of the podcast will go into how you can deal with it when you do discover your artwork has been stolen. Now, something you can do if your artwork has been stolen or you, you find out your artwork has been stolen. First of all, first port of call, report them. OK, report them, whatever platform it is that they are hosting your your stolen artwork on report it to the host and also if um so if it's on social media for example if it's on instagram report it to instagram if it's on twitter report it to twitter, you know and if it's on their own website report it to the domain host because there have been incidents where people have had their websites removed yes removed for displaying or using stolen artwork and stolen digital files, stolen content. Um, and there are ways that you can find out who is hosting what website. If you go to the Whois database, you're able to put in um, website information and find out the details of that website, where it's hosted, who hosts it, and just get in touch with them directly. So go straight past them and straight to the, if, if that's what you, if that's the route you want to take, you can do that. And there have been instances where the websites have been temporarily suspended while the artwork is removed. So yeah, that's something to consider. Me personally, I have reported artwork in, or copyright infringement rather to Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, there was one particular person. Do you know what? I think <laughs> I found the messages again. So I'm going to um, maybe turn it into a story time for a follow it, following uh, po podcast episode. I'll get into that another time. But um, yeah, when I reported it to Instagram and whatever, they did remove it within 48 hours. So that's always an option as well. And so, yeah, I'll just end this by saying that, you know, like I said, copyright is automatically granted. But there are steps you can take to further protect your work. And also, uh, if you put the actual copyright symbol 
with your name on the artwork as well, this will also add weight. So this is another option. And with that, you don't have to watermark this. You don't have to reduce the opacity at all. You put this bold or whatever on your artwork in it, in the corner, wherever the case may be. Um, so that if they do crop that off, that is just, that is an intentional, <laughs> that is an intentional copyright infringement um, and a, a deliberate attempt to steal and deface work, which is what happened to me. Again, I will be telling that story in full. I will be telling that story in full because... I was reading through the messages again the other day. I was like, I just got vexed all over again. I thought the freaking cheek of it, but it happens. And um, yeah, but these are just some steps you can take to make things that little bit harder for people. Um, and like I say, you don't have to register your artwork, but it can add a very helpful extra layer of protection. I protected my work for £42.50. And as far as I'm aware, it's still the same price. And you can, you can protect up to, I think, maybe eight pieces of uh, intellectual property. So that's, you know, writing, artwork, um, uh, music, you know, any sort of creative or artistic content. I registered my artwork through copyrightservice.co.uk. Let me just double check that. Yeah, copyrightservice.co.uk is the website I use to register my artwork. You can protect that for extra protection for 42 quid, but you don't have to. Um, but it is very helpful. Um, and yeah, I think in terms of protection, I mean, these are some steps you can take. Like I say, there's always going to be loopholes and we can never outright just stop theft we can't we can't stop it because people will find a way where they can find a way but with all these steps taken it will make it a little bit more difficult for that to happen all right so hopefully these tips helped uh and as always thank you so much for tuning in um and i will be speaking to you same time next week all right take care bye <laughs>